You are listening to RudolfSteinerAudio.com. As well, you can hear these podcasts at RudolfSteiner.Podbean.com. Please consider becoming a patron. There are two publishing houses, SteinerBooks.org in America and RudolfSteinerPress.com in England, which are the sole publishers of Steiner into English and have given me permission to do these recordings. Please consider patronizing them as well. This is a reading of Collected Works, Volume 93A by Rudolf Steiner, 31 lectures, the uh, participants' notes of them, uh, entitled Foundations of Esotericism, translated by Vera and Judith Compton Burnett. This is Lecture 27, given in Berlin on the 30th of October, 1905. The course of evolution in the world appears to us on three levels, consciousness, life, and form. Consciousness in its different manifestations finds its expression in the seven planetary evolutions, Saturn, Sun, Moon, Earth, Jupiter, Venus, Vulcan. On each planet there are seven kingdoms of life, and each kingdom goes through seven conditions of form. Our physical Earth is such a condition of form, the fourth condition of form or globe, in the fourth kingdom of life, of the fourth planet or condition of consciousness. We think of the Earth as it now is and ask ourselves, what is it that we are doing here? We take objects from around us, mainly from the mineral kingdom, and out of them construct artifacts. We combine We make a whole out of separate parts, a creation within a form. Now, something new can arise in other ways, for instance, similar to how leaves and blossoms arise from a plant root. A flower is not put together like a machine, by combination, but must grow out of what is already there. This is a process within the realm of life. Something new is created out of what is there. In the case of the third kind of production, out of consciousness, something arises in such a way that we can say, previously there was in fact nothing there, a nothingness. Let us transfer ourselves to the very beginning of such a planetary evolution, to the very beginning of Saturn. What is to be observed there? There was as yet no physical planet, nor was a planet present even in the finest Arupa form. We are there even before the moment when old Saturn was there in the first place. Nothing of our solar system existed. However, the entire outcome of the preceding planetary chain is there, in much the same way as when we wake up in the morning, having not done anything as yet, and only the memory of what we did on the previous day is in our mind. So when we transfer ourselves to the very beginning of the Saturn evolution. We have then in the spiritual beings in manifestation the memory of a previous planetary chain that existed before. Now let us transfer ourselves to the very end of our solar system, to the time when the Vulcan evolution is about to end. The solar system gradually came into creation, following the tendency that was already there at the beginning. So, To begin with, we have an outflow of consciousness, out of the content of the former planetary chain, out of memory, 
consciousness creates the new. So, then at the end, something is present which was not there at the beginning. All experiences. What was there at the beginning has flowed out into astral things and beings. At the end, a new consciousness has come about with a new content, a new content of consciousness. It is something that has emerged out of nothing, from experiences. When we observe the renewal in life, we have to say to ourselves, to make this possible, a seed had to be there. The new condition of consciousness, however, at the end of the planetary evolution, has in fact come forth out of nothing, out of experiences. For this, no foundation is necessary. Something is created which arises out of nothing. One cannot say that when one person looks at another that he has taken something from the other, just because he bears within him the memory of the other person. This memory has emerged from nothing. This is a third type of creation, out of nothing. Thus the three ways of creating are as follows. Combining of existing parts, form. Producing new formations with new life content out of existing foundations, life. Creating out of nothing, consciousness. We can now define the three beings who bring about and underlie a planetary chain, a solar system. They are called the three Logoi. The third Logos produces by means of combining. Then when, out of one substance, something new and living comes into being, this is brought forth by the second Logos. And then, wherever we have to do with a coming forth out of nothing, we have the first Logos. This is why the first Logos is often called the one who is hidden in things themselves. The second Logos, the substance dormant in things, which creates life out of the living. And the third Logos, the one who combines everything existing, who puts the world together out of things. These three Logoi always manifest in the world in and through one another. The first Logos also experiences both the inner wisdom and the will. In the creative activity of the first Logos, there is experience, that is to say the gathering of thoughts out of nothing and then creating once more in accordance with these thoughts out of nothing. Creation out of nothing is, however, not meant in such a way as if nothing at all had been there. On the contrary, in the course of evolution experiences are had, and in the course of becoming, the new is created, so that what is there melts away, as it were, and from experience there is the creation of the new. This creation may be compared with the following. Somebody sees another person and observes his appearance. If he were creatively gifted, like the first Logos, he would be able to say, Yes, I have seen N, and I also have a concept of the inverted N. I can also form a complementary picture of him, that is, white where there is black, and vice versa. 
In this way, out of the experience of the object and its negative, he has created a completely new form. This he could imbue with life. It would be a completely new creation that was not previously there. Let us assume that somebody did this with a number of people and that these people were to perish. Then, from his experiences, the observer would be able to create a new world. In contemplating the world, one continually sees the interaction of the three Logoi. Let us form within the framework of our planetary system a mental picture of the working of the three Logoi in regard to man. Let us think of the very beginning of the Saturn evolution, when as yet nothing at all was there. What was it that then happens? Then everything that was there before drips down, as it were. All the things that were there earlier stream out. What arises in this way is to become the very first outpouring of substance from the sum of earlier experiences. Therein is contained the substance out of which man developed later. This substance, to begin with, is simply there as substance. This outstreaming must then be continually worked upon and combined together. The combining of the outstreaming substance is a new creation. This is above all a creative activity of the third Logos. It happens after the outstreaming of substance and therefore is a creative activity of the third Logos. What does this signify for man? For man it signifies that in the first place all the parts are combined which then form his physical body. At that time on Saturn the human being was a veritable automaton. If one had spoken a word into him, he would have spoken it out again. Forms of beings are fashioned. This is called the work of the third Logos, and it continues into the Sun Epoch, when man also receives his etheric body, and with it, life. This is the work of the second Logos. Now let us continue into the Earth Epoch. There man himself acquires a consciousness, that is to say, the possibility of gathering experiences out of nothingness. This is the work of the first Logos. On Saturn man received from the third Logos what in him is form. On Sun he received from the second Logos what in him is life. On the Earth he received from the first Logos what in him is consciousness. The concept of consciousness must become a little clearer to us. We must consider more fully the concept of consciousness on a particular plane. Man is conscious, but we need to know where his consciousness is. When we speak about waking consciousness, the human being is conscious on the physical plane. But waking consciousness could also be on the astral plane. When, for a particular creature, life is on the physical plane, and its consciousness is on the astral plane, then this creature is an animal. In human beings, thinking is localized in the head. With the animal, for instance, the tiger, consciousness is on the astral plane. The tiger is affected through what may be called a focal point, which is formed outside the head. 
When the tiger feels pain, this goes over onto the astral plane. With the tiger, the organ for this is in front of the head, at the place where the human being has his brow. With man, this place is already enclosed within his head, and it is filled with the frontal brain. Consciousness has been trapped within the brain and the front part of the skull, and is therefore on the physical plane. In the case of the tiger, and indeed of all animals, the focal point of consciousness lies in front of the head in the astral. From there it goes into the astral world. In the case of the plant, things are again different. Could we follow its consciousness, going from above downward, we would always come out at the tip of the root. If then we were to follow the line of growth, we would come to the center of the earth. There is the focal point of all the sensations, the collecting point of the consciousness of the plant. It is in direct connection with the mental world. The entire plant world has its consciousness on the mental plane. The consciousness of the entire mineral world is in the highest regions of the mental world, on the Arupa plane. The consciousness of stones is such that if we wish to find its focus, we should find it as a kind of sun atmosphere. When we work on the mineral world, on the earth, such as when we break stones, each single action is in a certain relationship to this sun atmosphere. There one perceives the work that man does here. Thus we have a number of beings on the physical plane whose consciousness, nevertheless, lies on different planes. Higher mental plane, consciousness of the mineral. Lower mental plane, consciousness of the plants. Astral plane, consciousness of animals. Physical plane, consciousness of human beings. Human beings and animals differ from each other through the fact that they have their consciousness on different planes. Now, there are also other beings besides minerals, plants, animals, and human beings. There are beings who have their consciousness on the physical plane and their body in the astral. Such a being is, as it were, an animal in reverse. Such beings actually exist. They are the elemental beings. In order to understand their nature, let us be clear about what belongs to the physical plane. Physical is firstly the solid earth, secondly water, thirdly air, fourthly ether, parenthesis warmth ether, light ether, chemical ether, life ether, close parenthesis. Let us keep to the four lower forms of our physical plane and separate the etheric world from them. States of consciousness can lie in all four forms of the physical plane, while the body of such a being lies in the astral. We must think of a being with its consciousness in the solid earth and its body in the astral, or a being that has its consciousness in water and its body in the astral. Then such a being with its consciousness in the air and its body in the astral, and one with its consciousness in fire, and its body in the astral. Present-day man knows but little of such beings. In our time it is only through poetry that they are known. Miners of minerals, however, know such beings very well. A gnome is only visible to someone who can see on the astral plane, 
but miners frequently possess such an astral vision. They know that gnomes are realities. Thus on our earth there exist various forms of consciousness, and what the natural scientist today calls laws of nature are the thoughts of beings who think on the physical plane but have their bodies on the astral plane. When in physics we have to do with laws of nature, we can say, these are the thoughts of a being who has its body on the astral plane. The forces of nature are creative beings, and natural laws are their thoughts. In the Middle Ages, the alchemist tried to make use of these spirits. Goethe knew this very well. Faust wished to have fire air. This was to be produced by the salamanders, which have their body on the astral plane. Thus we have around us beings who actually have their consciousness in fire, to whom we cause pain when fire is kindled. For by so doing we actually cause a certain alteration in the body of the being in question on the astral plane. When one kindles fire, one alters this astral being. In the same way, when one brings about alterations in other spheres of the elements, and the forces of nature, one alters something in these astral beings. When we do this or that, we are continually peopling the astral plane with beings. If we think these thoughts through clearly, we have the meaning of church ritual, that is, not to make use of any kind of substances on the physical plane, except such as have meaning, whereby meaningful beings arise on the astral plane. When, for instance, one kindles the smoke of incense, one does something which has purpose. One burns a particular substance and creates beings of a particular kind. When one passes a sword through the air in four directions, one creates a definite kind of being. It is the same with the priest when he makes definite movements with his hands to accompany definite sounds. O, I, U, intensified by repetition. Dominus verbiscum, the sound is regular, the air is brought into definite vibrations, intensified by definite movements of the hand, and a sylph is called into existence. Sign, grip, and word of the Freemasons also bring about definite forms, which manifest in accordance with definite laws in the physical world. Through a purposeful use of these words, a link is formed from one person to another. One is enwrapped in an astral substance which is created through sign, grip, and word. Naturally, man continually does all this in ordinary life, but he does it in an unsystematic way, creating contradictory beings. Art consists in working harmoniously upward from the physical to higher planes. In rituals, through definite acts, the aim is to produce not contradictory but harmonious beings. The present man is not in a position to bring these things into harmony. But for everything man creates in this way on the astral plane, there are certain directing beings. So we have a world of elemental beings around us with a king. Among the Indians, the king of the gnomes is called Kshiti the highest of the gnomes. The highest being among the undines, Varuna. The highest being among the sylphs, Vayu. And everything having its 
Consciousness in fire is directed by the king of fire, Agni. In all activity connected with fire, water and so on, we have to do with these particular deva beings. All the fire we have here on earth is the substance that is woven out of the beings which belong to Agni. Ceremonial magic is the lowest kind of sorcery and consists in making use of certain specially devised tricks on the physical plane in order to create definite forms and beings on the astral plane. Schools exist today in which ceremonial magic is still exercised. Such usages cause a great tendency toward the astral world and very frequently result in suicide, because then a person is almost exclusively active in the astral world and has become unaccustomed to using the physical world for its rightful purpose. He has developed a partiality for the other world and the physical body is often a hindrance. Now you will also comprehend the connection with fire worship, which has appeared in the history of religion. The followers of Zarathustra sought, through the sacrificial fire of the priests, actually to create definite forms on the astral plane. On the earth today everything takes place physically. But from what has been said, one can see that astral beings are continually created under the influence of our deeds. All deeds are accompanied by astral beings. These are our skandhas, which bring about our karma. But also all physical deeds leave astral beings behind on the astral plane. For instance, Köln Cathedral corresponds to a definite being on the astral plane. Through everything that happens on the earth, when all physical matter is worked over and the earth has dissolved, through this the next astral globe, the fifth or plastic astral globe, will arise of itself. It will simply be there as astral beings, as the effects of all the earlier physical processes. This is why man must continually work with karma. In his next life he must put right again the grotesque astral beings that he has botched. Otherwise they would produce meaningless creatures for the next globe. This is karma that he must rectify. What takes place on a large scale on the earth takes place in a small way in man. Let us think of a child. He is wrongly brought up, spoiled with sweets and so on. This not only brings about processes in the physical body, but continually imparts them to the astral, so that in fact the astral body also is changed. What one gives physically to the infant goes over into his astral body. It is present in the shape of definite forms. What is thus worked in is, however, gradually worked out again. In advanced age, the sins against the child have their revenge. These sins remain throughout the whole life and have great importance, particularly in the final years. After the middle period, a sort of reversal takes place. The astral then works into the physical plane. And there's a diagram. In childhood, the foundation of what man will have in old age is implanted into the astral. When a person perceives how he has been sinned against and works upon himself with this in view, then he can eliminate the damage in the astral body. Otherwise, he will break down in old age under the weaknesses of his childhood. Only what man works into it consciously 
has a balancing effect on the astral body. If later in life the opposite qualities are not called up consciously, one cannot rid oneself of the failings. The end of lecture 27